You need winners? Let the sports advisor show you how to make money. General Manager Al DeMarco, a former sports reporter and contributor on Fox Sports, MSNBC, and Comcast Sports TV, brings over 25 years of handicapping experience to the table. Rick Torino, a 25-year handicapping expert, spent over a decade as a college and pro football editor at a national wire service. Together, they are the Sports Advisors, your number one source for winners. Well, it's hard to believe that the college football season, the regular season, is winding down so quickly. Here we are in week number 11, but we still have seven great games to break down. Now, last week, no doubt about it, the two key games that I think everybody watched the video for were the two SEC showdowns, Tennessee taking on uh, Georgia and Alabama taking on LSU. Now, Rick and I broke down that LSU-Alabama game perfectly. We were right on it in terms of our analysis. We didn't think that LSU would maybe win the game, but we thought that getting 13, 13 and a half points was way too much, and we nailed it. Now, Tennessee, a team that we had both been on week after week this season, we were certainly wrong about that pick between the Hedges and Athens. And, of course, listen. I like to always say that we can talk about the losers as much as we talk about the winners. And week after week, I touted the fact that Rick had been the hottest college football handicapper at the site because he had been a perfect 8-0 with his Saturday best bet releases going into last Saturday. And they had all been max wager 100-dime plays with the exception of his one and only 150-dime college game of the year, which was Tennessee outright 52-49 as a home dog against Alabama. But Rick, last week you went with Tennessee and listen, we both went to the well one too many times with the volunteers. But, you know, it's not that we learn from our mistakes, but the fact is that as guys that used to be writers and covering college and pro football for a living for over 10 years, we both were, but also as handicappers, you know, you take certain things away from games. And what we saw, and I think this is something we haven't talked about since the game was played, at least what I saw was that Tennessee's offensive line, especially at the tackle, simply didn't have the size or the ability to handle Georgia's edge rushers because they just constantly broke containment and just didn't give Hendon Hooker a chance in the backfield. Yeah, you're right, Al. Um, that Jalen Carter, who came back for uh, number 88, who came back after missing a few weeks, made a big difference in that game. I really thought, I, we never said, Al, that we thought Tennessee would win the game like some other people did. We thought they could at least keep it within the number. Unfortunately, I thought, Al, it was going to be a high-scoring game, like maybe a 42-41, you know, some 41-35, something of that, where they stayed in and covered the line. But uh, Georgia really, really impressed me. The last time I really set my eyes on them and watched them closely was against Missouri, and they were lucky to win that game in Columbia, but they really looked, you know, they, they, they have the makings to win another national championship. They looked that good Saturday. Well, you saw what a good coach Kirby Smart is, and it's, it's funny where sometimes, you know, I think that Kirby Smart doesn't get the props that he deserves because, oh, it's Nick Saban, this, Nick Saban, that. He's the king of the SEC. But Kirby Smart, that game plan that he and his defensive coaches developed last week, that was a Georgia team that coming into the Tennessee game had only had blitz packages at 23% of the defensive snaps coming in to the Tennessee game. They blitzed on 63% of the uh, offensive snaps for Tennessee. 
Hendon Hooker had no chance in that game. No. You saw no. a Tennessee uh, offense that was two for 14 on third downs. Uh, that's the whole story of the game. And that leads us into today's games because we're going to start uh, with a number of the SEC contests. And believe me, guys, we are going to get to our favorite team, the team that we talk about every single week. We know <laughs> TCU. <Yes. laughs> we talk about TCU and we never lose with TCU either. But TCU is going to take on Texas. That is coming up. But let's start here with LSU uh, going to Arkansas. And I'm telling you, Arkansas was a team that we didn't talk about last week because I think everybody thought that Arkansas coming off the two straight road wins against BYU and then they had a bye week and then they took on Auburn. And in those two games, they scored 93 points, had 1,164 yards of total offense. They were a double-digit favorite at home last week against Liberty, needed one win to become bowl eligible. And no ifs, ands, or buts. They played the worst game uh, during uh, Sam... Um, Oh, God, I, I forgot his name. Sam Pittman's uh, tenure in Fayetteville. That was just an embarrassment. Liberty, a team that five years ago wasn't even on the FBS level, came in and totally dominated an SEC team on the road. And uh, that final score looked respectable. But when a double-digit chalk, a dog, comes in to Fayetteville and dominates, that is an embarrassment for the Razorbacks. Yeah, well, uh, you know, not to get off your point, but boy, the job Hugh, Free do Hugh Freeze does at Liberty. I mean, if someone doesn't snatch him up, you know, I don't know, I, you know, but uh, yeah, to come in there and Arkansas overrated, lay, like you said, laying a 13 and a half and Liberty. I mean, you know, they went for the two points to win it. They couldn't even stop them on the two. Uh, Hugh Freeze does a great job. Arkansas is going to have their hands full this week AR against, all against the LSU. Well, I think the key question here, you've got LSU minus three points. Uh, Brian Kelly did what Brian Kelly is getting paid to do. He went for the win last week. He got it. LSU climbed the mountain. They put the flag at the top. And now you're asking them to go on the road after the biggest, most emotional win these kids have ever experienced. And I don't care how good of a coach Brian Kelly is. This is a tough situation. But this number is just begging you to bet LSU, because if you had told me after the results of the Arkansas game, before LSU's game has even been finished, that LSU would only be a three-point favorite, I'm running to place right. my money yeah. on the Tigers. And I know that, again, as I always say, these are 17 to 22-year-old kids. And the biggest thing you have to worry about in college basketball and college football is the letdown, the look ahead, that sandwich situation. And boy, you know, this is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich involving LSU. But I'm sorry, I don't see any way you bet Arkansas. You have to bet LSU in this contest. I totally agree, Al, especially with LSU now controlling their own destiny as far as getting to Atlanta for the SEC title game. They got Arkansas this week and A&M the next week. That's an easy path to Atlanta, Al. You know, and this is a team, like you said, coming off that emotional win over Alabama. But they've owned Arkansas lately, winning five of the last six. Um, they've been a moneymaker for us, six and three this season against the spread, covering three in a row. Uh, and like you said, we should have ran to the window last week, soon, or early the past week, and as soon as that line came out, because at minus three is a steal. Uh, I, I like LSU. You're right. Yep. By the way, a little subplot for those of you that aren't sitting around in the middle of Cleveland or Philadelphia going, God, how are those Arkansas Razorbacks doing? 
there was some question and some doubt whether or not K.J. Jefferson was going to start that game last week against Liberty because he did not take most of the first team snaps uh, during practice. It was actually his backup, Malik Hornsby, that did. Now, Jefferson did start, but there was also a time during that game where Sam Pittman and uh, uh, Kendall Bryars, the offensive coordinator, there was some consideration of pulling Jefferson and putting Hornsby in because that offense just simply wasn't getting the job done against the Liberty defense. Now, Jefferson finished with respectable numbers, 22 for 37, 284 yards, two touchdowns, but two interceptions, which is very unusual for him. And the ground game never got going. It'll be interesting to see if he and Raheem Sanders, uh, Rocket Sanders, can do anything against a very athletic uh, LSU defense. But more importantly, how about the play of Jaden uh, Daniels, who has just been incredible, which makes you realize that this guy was taken out of the lineup at Arizona State by Herm Edwards. Genius, Herm Edwards, genius coach for Arizona State. But uh, the last three games for uh, Jaden Daniels, uh, all wins against, uh, what, Alabama, Ole Miss, and Florida. 71.7% completion, 779 yards, seven touchdowns through the air. And then on the ground, 260 yards rushing and another seven touchdowns. And in that three-game stretch, uh, the uh, LSU offense, over 1,000 total yards and 14 touchdowns, and the team has scored 122 points. But again, this this guy, there were some doubts whether he was good enough to play in Tempe for the Arizona State Sun Devils. Go figure. Yeah, yeah. Against the lesser conference schedule, Al, and to think LSU is that blocked field goal away from having only one loss in the in the loss to uh, or extra point in the loss to Florida State on the opening weekend. Well, now we go to who LSU beat Alabama. Seven and two in the SEC, most teams will be thrilled. If you're Mississippi State and you're seven and two, you're thrilled. If you're Alabama, the world has come to an end. This is just a disappointing season for Nick Saban's crew. And now you're asking Alabama with, you know, uh, they're playing for the Gator Bowl, let's say. They're playing for the Cotton Bowl. You know, I mean, the national championship is out of the question. And you're an 11 and a half point favorite at uh, Mississippi. Oh, boy, you don't think Lane Kiffin is just loving this. Uh, I mean, <laughs> he is just relishing this opportunity, is he not? Well, Al, another weekend where we get uh, Alabama as a double-digit road favorite. Um, so uh, we'll have to lean to Ole Miss, I guess, even though this has been a series dominated by Alabama winning the last six. Um, if you remember, Al, two years ago, the last time in Oxford, 63-48 the final. They rolled up combined yardage, 1,370 yards, most yard, most total yards ever in an SEC game. Um, the Tide has really dominated this series, uh, winning the last uh I believe the last five by an average of 36 points. But I just think we're again, we're getting Ole Miss at home. We know they can score. I don't know if they're going to be able to stop Alabama, but we know they can score. I think they can stay within the 11 points. I'll, I'll take a slight lean toward Ole Miss. Yeah, I'm with you, too. I like Ole Miss in this game. And listen, a lot of people are concerned with uh, Ole Miss, which when they went to LSU and they lost that game, you had LSU, big play on LSU a couple Saturdays ago when they handed Ole Miss their first loss. But, you know, there were some extenuating circumstances there. LSU, uh, Ole Miss gets the job done because they've got the two running backs, Quinshawn Judkins and Zach Evans, who played for TCU previously, and Jackson Dart, who actually runs very well for, as a quarterback. But Evans missed the LSU game. 
uh, because of a knee injury. Now, listen, LSU outplayed them thoroughly in that contest. But last week at Texas A&M, Zach Evans came back, had eight carries, 75 yards after not practicing for two weeks. But Quinshawn Judkins on his 19th birthday, this this guy is scary, 205 yards rushing. He's number 11 in the nation in terms of uh, uh, yards gained, number two in the SEC, already has cracked the 1,000-yard barrier, 13 touchdowns. Now, when you put Evans and Judkins and Jackson Dart, who had three touchdowns passing, uh, another 95 yards rushing last week, that is a contingent of runners that I think uh, Old Miss has. They had 390 yards rushing against Texas A&M, 530 total yards. They're averaging 267 yards and 5.6 yards per carry. I know Alabama has a good defense. I know Alabama's going to be able to put points on the board. But we have seen that Alabama just doesn't have the horses offensively in a diversified offense because it's Bryce Young, a decent ground game. And they have talent at the wide receiver position, but that talent really hasn't produced. So, again, I think this could be a six or seven point game in either direction. And I got to take the dog with you. And, and again, I just think that Lane Kiffin just relishes these opportunities. And this is a great shot before he takes the money and runs off to Auburn. <laughs> got to have to throw that in there. <laughs> back, back and forth game, Al, you think? High scoring? Are you going to play defense suddenly? Yeah. <laughs> no. Now here's here's the ultimate letdown situation. Georgia, you play Florida, and then you have a monster game against Tennessee. And oh, by the way, now you go to Starkville, and you got to play Mississippi State, and you're a 16 and a half point favorite. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's asking a lot for Kirby Smart's team to get up for this one. Asking a lot, Al, but soon as I saw this line and the way I saw Georgia play, and then I was stayed, I, I would really kept my eyes on the Mississippi State Auburn game Saturday night. Mississippi State up twenty four to six to a, you know, a less than very good Auburn team, and they rolled back and they were so fortunate to win that game in overtime. Um, I re- they couldn't do anything. Will Rogers was you know, pedestrian, you know, they, they think he's one of the best, but I, you know, uh, against an Auburn defense, that was just, you know, but the way they Auburn just kept back with Mississippi state's defense is not very good. And the way Georgia played, I would lay the 16, believe it or not. I would lay the 16 just after what Georgia just going off what Georgia did last week. And, you know, the, the, the very fortunate uh, Mississippi state team. And if I can say one thing out watching that game last week, Auburn shouldn't look too far because Car- uh, Cadillac Williams did an excellent job preparing that team. He sh- he had excitement on that sideline. He was energetic. He was into the game. They could save themselves a lot of money by hiring right inside, right inside the, their own coaching staff right there. I thought he did a good job last week. You know how it goes. Uh, very rarely do the interim coaches yep. and yep. very rarely do you promote from within. And generally when you hire an outside AD to come in and take over your program, he's got his own of guys. And of course, there's the high paid selection committees that are going to forward their list of guys. And then you've got the athletic boosters that are going to be pushing their money in right. the corner of their the guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be. Yeah. And, and, and no, I, I was just going to say uh, one more thing that I just remembered, you know, uh, Mississippi State last week had only 13 yards rushing. They threw 59 times. That is not going to you know, I, I there. I certainly don't expect to pull the outright upset. I just don't know if they can hang hang sixteen. You know, stay within the sixteen. I, you know, just the way watching them and then seeing Georgia it was just 
you know, and became infatuated with Georgia last Saturday. Well, listen, uh, you know, Auburn, if not for the fact that they had 14 penalties for 115 yards, they probably should have won that game after they were down 17 nothing early. And Will Rogers, you pointed out, he had 357 yards and three touchdowns, but he was sacked five times, intercepted. And you let a bad Auburn team, now true, they were playing with such emotion and fire, something that they rarely showed during Brian Harson's tenure. But who yeah, knows yeah. with Mississippi State? I've never been able to get a read on them. If you paid me, I, just, I would go ahead and bet Georgia as well in this contest, but not a yeah, game that yeah. I would have any interest in whatsoever. Uh, right. Guys, let us remind right. you that if you want to get Rick's best bet and all the plays of all the handicappers over at thesportsadvisors.com, you can do so absolutely free. All you've got to do is check out the one-day free all-access pass. It is yours. Normal price for it on a Saturday is $119. You get it for free with no strings attached. We've been doing it for 22 years. We always like to pull back the curtain and let you get a taste of what every single handicapper has. and if you choose to do it on Saturday, you can do it on Sunday. Really, the option is yours. So check it out. The one-day free all-access pass over at thesportsadvisors.com. Much like Alabama, Clemson is another team whose postseason aspirations have been shot to hell after getting manhandled in South Bend by Notre Dame. We both liked the Irish last week. Now Clemson comes back home. They're a seven-point favorite against Louisville. I find this Louisville team very interesting because after a two and three start, everybody thought that Scott Satterfield's job was in jeopardy. But it's amazing how four straight wins suddenly gets you off the hot seat and suddenly has you, well, eligible for the Bulls and giving you a great shot to maybe not win, but certainly cover the spread at Clemson. Does Dabo and the Tigers rebound after that pathetic performance against Notre Dame? All season long, you've mentioned that you were not convinced with the quarterback situation that it was going in the right direction at Clemson. Is it time for the Tigers to make the switch? Well, Al, you know, they, they certainly got exposed last week against Notre Dame. Uh, Ungale passed 39 times, 191 yards for a touchdown and an interception. I, I would make the switch, Al. What they, you know, they're they're out of the national picture, but you know, their their main goal or one of their main goals, I'm sure, is to get to Charlotte for the ACC title game. They control their own destiny again with two games left next week. They win, uh, they beat Louisville. They got next week Miami at home, and they will be in Charlotte for the ACC title game. And uh, I don't know what to figure about Clemson. Louisville's been up and down. They are at a hot spot right now. Four in a row. They're getting their best play of the year from the quarterback, Malik Cunningham. 223 yards last week. Three touchdowns. Uh, but you know what, Al? In in Death Valley, I think I'm going to go back and I'm going to lay the lay the number with Clemson. Seven and zero straight up have covered uh, the last five against Louisville. It'll be a good test for the Cardinals, who are just one and nine straight up, three and six as an as a, a an away dog since 2019 against the spread. I'm I'm going to go with Clemson. It's not a great play though, Al. But I I'll, I'll lay the the little number where the touchdown with Clemson. Yeah, I think as we pointed out last week, all the uh... Stars were aligned for Notre Dame last week, and the Irish certainly played up to expectations. But, yeah, let's not get too, uh, too enthralled with Louisville's recent performance. You beat a, a bad Virginia team on the road. You had to rally to beat a mediocre Pittsburgh team at home. Uh, 
you pulled off a shocking upset against Wake Forest. Now, that one I was certainly surprised about. And you beat James Madison, a team that you put the hex on once you said early this <laughs> yeah, season they yeah. were 4-0 against the spread. Since then, it's been all downhill for James all Madison. Down, so yeah. you, you ruined James Madison. Uh-huh. So any James Madison fans out there, Rick Torino ruined your team. That's, I take no responsibility about that. Uh, but, you know, the problem with Louisville, the defense has been playing better against, again, mediocre competition other than Wake Forest. Malik Cunningham, you look at last week's game against James Madison, 244 yards and three touchdowns. He only had five touchdowns in the seven games, uh, first uh, seven games this season. The passing game has not been there. He has definitely had a season that no one anticipated. I think Clemson rebounds, but I will say this. I think Clemson is just begging to be put in a two-team seven-point teaser because Uh I don't anticipate Clemson losing at home. Right, right. Yeah, you got a good point, Al. You won your teaser last week. That's a good one. So you're getting, you're basically getting Clemson to win the game at home. And right. So I don't expect them to uh, lose at home, no. Right. And a matter of fact, last week I used a teaser with TCU and North Carolina, because we're going to talk about North Carolina and Wake Forest. North Carolina was going to Virginia, where Mac Brown was 0-5 lifetime. And even though Virginia has been awful this year, I kept looking at North Carolina and I'm going, North Carolina is six to seven point favorite at Virginia with that lousy defense. Naturally, they fell behind early. They rallied late. They got the double digit lead. Virginia scores late. And they managed to win it by a field goal. So the teaser, where I had North Carolina pick them, delivered and TCU delivered against Texas Tech. Now we have North Carolina, surprisingly, you would think 5-0 and on the road and one loss on the season is a three-and-a-half point underdog at Wake Forest, a team that has lost two straight. But I will tell you this right at front. North Carolina is 5-0 and on the road. Those victories have been by a combined 18 points. So I will ask you, factor friction, is North Carolina a fraud? I'm going to tell you this right now, Al, and remember this name, Drake May. Love this kid, the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Seen him about five or six times this year. Was not mentioned at all, and we spoke about this earlier in the, uh, a few weeks back, was not mentioned at all as one of the top quarterbacks in the ACC. As a, the ACC was claiming the year of the quarterback, they can keep them all because this kid is good. And I think he's only a sophomore. Yeah, he yeah. might be or a redshirt, redshirt sophomore. Freshman. Redshirt freshman, okay. He, I, I, I'm. They may be suckering us in, getting three and a half, but I think I'll take those three and a half behind the arm of Drake May. Now, I'm, I'm not uh, dispersing or getting rid of Sam Hartman, who's having a good year, and he was one of the top quarterbacks. But I, I like Drake May. The defense still is a little shaky. Could see a high-scoring game out, going back and forth. But I like Carolina getting the three points or three and a half because Carolina Al has the control their own destiny too to win that coastal division with a two-game lead on duke so i'm going to take the tar heels and uh you know hope it continues to roll right along for them well you know from a statistical standpoint i i noted this in my analysis last week drake may is having a better season than bryce young or cj stroud and nobody knows him no nope. that's nope. the reality 71.2 percent completions to 2964 yards 31 touchdowns Three interceptions for a guy who's put the ball up 312 times. He's also North Carolina's leading rusher. You know, we talk about TCU's Max Duggan, but this guy has run for 513 yards as well. He is their offense. 
You know, Alan, that, that if there's one drawback to that offense, that's it. You hit the nail right on the head. Unfortunately, he's the leading rusher which is, you know, when your quarterback's the leading rusher, that's not good. First, he's taking a pound, and you got no running backs. But the kid did emerge last week, this Josh Dobbs, 16, or Josh Downs, 15 catches, 166 yards, and a touchdown. So, and they have another good wide receiver, but this kid was like the number two guy. Now he's certainly moved up to number one. Uh, I'm going to like Carolina in the three and a half in a, in a close game. Well, you know, the past two years, Wake Forest has blown – double-digit leads in the second half. Two years ago, they lost 59-53. Last year, it was 58-55. You know, history is certainly on North Carolina. So you look at the total at 77 and a half, and you go, oh, my God, that's a ridiculous number. Really? I mean, they've scored 110-some points the past two years. Right. I right. I don't know, you know, and I don't know what the weather report right now is for uh, the Durham area, but it's uh, it's pretty scary when you when you look at the numbers that these two teams have put up. Uh, Wake Forest is coming off the two straight losses. The first was the shocking 148-21 at Louisville and then 30-21 at NC State because they ran into the Wolfpack uh, defense. And Sam Hartman, three interceptions in each of those games, but they were both on the road. And if you look at his home road splits, there is a big difference because on the road, yeah, he's completed 62% of his passes, but nine touchdowns, six interceptions, 17 sacks. At home, 64% completions, 15 touchdowns, three interceptions, seven sacks. I'm going to go the other way, and I think in double revenge, I'm going to buy down the half point of Wake Forest, take them down. I don't believe in that phrase. The odds makers are trying to tell you anything. The odds makers are trying to tell you anything other than, hey, we want your money. That's why the number <laughs> is set here, because, you know, to me, I think it's making North Carolina a very attractive betting proposition because, again, they're going to go Tar Heel backers are going to go. I'm going to get a five and O team that's on the road, five and O with a one loss against a team that's lost two straight. And I'm getting three and a half points and I'm saying it's a trap game. And that's why I like Wake Forest in this one. But it's a game that I would more rather watch on TV because I think it could be another one of these 48-44 finals one way or another. But I like I like Wake in this one. Uh, this next game, two teams we haven't talked about all season long. You said let's give the AAC some love. And here we are talking about 8-1 and one Tulane at home against Central Florida. Tulane is a two-point choice. Uh, I will say that I checked uh, earlier, right before we came on, uh, with uh, the Orlando uh, sources I use and newspapers, et cetera. I don't know who's going to be quarterbacking for right, Central Florida right, right. because uh, Plumlee, their, their normal starting quarterback, didn't play against Memphis because uh, the Cincinnati game a couple of weeks ago, he left with the concussion. He didn't play last week, so I think it's Mikey Keene came in and uh, – led them to the victory at Memphis last week. Ironically, last year against Tulane, it was Keene with a touchdown pass with six minutes to go that led the uh, Knights to a 14-10 victory against Green Wave. But the Green Wave were home this time and under a field goal choice. And Al, uh, the Green Wave's only loss this year was at home to Southern Miss. but uh, And both teams coming into the game ranked. Uh, UCF's ranked as well. That Keene had a good game last week. Uh, 22 of 28, 219 yards uh, for three touchdowns. That was that was a nice game for him in that win over at, in that win at Memphis. Um, like the Green Wave, uh, five-game winning streak. First place in the AAC, AAC can control their own destiny. 
big money maker. Maybe I shouldn't be throwing this out there, but they are sitting atop the ATS standings, eight and one this year. Uh, just one and four straight up for the last five games against uh, Central Florida, though. So Central Florida has kind of controlled this series of late. Uh, Tulane at home, we're laying a small number. Good quarterback in Michael Pratt. This kid running back uh, really had a good game last week. Uh, Spears, um, I had his name. It escaped me now, but he had a real good game last week. But the quarterback, uh, Michael Pratt's a good player. And, you know, the, even maybe more than that, Tulane's defense. First in the ACC in scoring defense and in total defense. So and and Tulane uh, sitting in first place in the AAC and Central Florida in second. So a win by Tulane will just about assure them the home field uh, for the ACC ACC title game. Yeah, I like Tulane here. Uh, I have to, I've only watched them once this season. I mean, listen, there's 131 teams. I probably watched maybe <laughs> 110 of them actually play a game. So watching Tulane once, you can't fault me. But I liked the decision a couple years back when they installed Pratt in his freshman year midway through as the starter, because I thought Willie Fritz made the decision then to build toward the future. He's a big guy, a very strong arm, something Tulane hadn't had in a number of years. And it was a direction where, again, they were building toward the future and he's gotten much better. And this is a team, I don't know how they lost the Southern Miss, to be honest with you, but they beat Kansas State. They beat Houston. They beat East Carolina. And East Carolina's been playing some yep, damn good yep, ball here of yep, late. Yep. And that offense is really cranking. 33 points a game and 418 total yards a game on average. But what really impresses me most about Tulane, when they get into the red zone, they score on nearly 85% of their trips. That is an efficient offense. And that's one of the best numbers in the country. So you're giving me Tulane minus two. I've seen Central Florida collapse defensively too many times this season. Memphis 35-28, and we've seen Memphis barely get by Temple at home. So Central Florida winning at Memphis doesn't impress me much. The fact that Memphis in its previous road game uh, got uh, bushwhacked by East Carolina, the fact that Tulane didn't get caught looking ahead to this game, they went to Tulsa, and, you know, the Golden Hurricane had been up or down, but they pretty much manhandled Tulsa 27-13 last week, so I will ride the green wave here and... Too. I mean, we're not even asking to lay a field goal in this spot. No, no. So I'm going to go with them. And this brings us to our team. We, you know, TCU ought to send us some Horn Frog merchandise for as much price, yeah. as much as we talk about TCU this week, <laughs> this year. Uh, Texas, minus seven. Oh, by the way, and the college football uh, rankings came out earlier tonight. We're doing this, of course, on Tuesday night. And naturally, Georgia jumps into number one. And then we've got uh, Ohio State, Michigan, and our our guys, TCU, last week shunned this week because there was nobody else, I think. And that's why the college football playoff uh, committee moved them up number four because Tennessee drops down to number five. So there you go. TCU up to number four, undefeated two game lead in the Big 12. Uh, Texas uh, finally managed to hold on in the second half uh, to beat Kansas State in Manhattan. Uh, UT, a seven-point favorite at home. I'm just going to leave it there because I'm interested to get your opinion on this game first. TCU, Al, the uh, gift that keeps on giving every year. They did not look good. The game, I focused in on this one last week against Texas Tech, did not look good. I kept saying to myself watching that game, 
How did Texas Tech, how is Texas Tech just four and four the way they're playing? And boy, then that TCU offense opened up in the second half. Um, uh, Duggar, just a uh, medium size game, 12 of 23. But let's note his, t- and it really showed, Al, his top receiver, Quinton Johnston, really made a difference by not playing. He he injured an ankle in pregame. He didn't, he didn't step on the field one time, I think, at the end for an onside kick. But they just really opened up that fourth quarter with 21 fourth quarter points. And again, like you you said last week the running back that receives no attention at all all year Kendry Miller another 158 yards and a touchdown um, get we're getting seven and a half points out a big game TCU has been covering every week I don't know is this the week they let down because it's been such a, a demanding schedule the last few weeks but I'm gonna. I gotta take the seven and a half and, and roll with the Horn Frogs. They're playing well. Uh, that that place is really gonna be jumping in Austin. Um, I haven't seen when this game is uh, time wise. I don't know if it's the eight o'clock ABC slot or is it the seven o'clock. Fox slot or the noon Fox slot. I don't know if you've seen anything, but it's got to be a prime time slot for for this game. Um, you know, yeah, a big game. Yeah, it's gonna be a good good game. Yeah, I saw where Quentin Johnson and the guy we're talking about had 30 catches in the previous four games before missing the Texas Tech game. Did not practice today, but they hope to have him on the practice field tomorrow, tomorrow being Wednesday. Again, we're doing this on Tuesday night. Now, listen, nobody has loved TCU more than yours truly this year, but I'm going the other way. I'm taking UT here because TCU has been living a charmed life. I mean, and it has been a great run. But that was a bad game against Texas Tech. And I know. Granted, yeah. they, they could have been looking ahead to this week's game. But uh, Max Duggan last week, 12 for 23, like you said, a season low, 195 yards. Uh, a subplot here, Gary Patterson, former TCU, longtime TCU coach. Has That's been a right. Special Good assistant point. This week. Good point. Uh, helping with the defense uh, with uh, Sark and UT. And uh and, you know, UT still, even though I've been touting Miller, the running back for TCU for weeks now, because I don't think anybody knows he exists, but he really has opened up the attack and made it more diversified. He's uh, topped 100 yards in four straight games and six of the last seven. But uh, Robinson for Texas, uh, he's a big guy to take down, and he is just having a hell of a season. 30 carries, 209 yards in Manhattan last week, 1,130 yards, 12 touchdowns, 5.9 yards per carry. Uh, where UT has struggled on the road because last week I think ended their six-game true road losing streak. They have played well at home. Okay, yes, they lost to Kansas last year at home. We won't mention that. But, uh, you know, this year they did lose to Alabama uh, in the first game at home, but eight and three under Sark at home. I'm going to go with Texas in this game. This is going to be the game that UT really, I think, breaks out. I'm looking for a performance similar to what they had against Oklahoma. And I think TCU is going to be finally exposed because, again, they have been really living on a prayer. And I'm not talking about the John Bron Jovi song here. It's just, uh, you know, sooner or later, luck runs out. And I can see why taking the points is so... uh, you know, it's such a glorious thing because, again, the Horned Frogs have been so damn good. good but yep, I just can't yeah. ride. I can't ride them this time. And, you know, Al, I did look up. It is 730 ABC. That's Herb Street and Fowler. Um, so that's it. Austin's just going to be 
a nut house, I'm sure. You know, all day pro, uh, getting primed up for that game. Great game. And you know how Texas still has a lot to play for. They're in the three-way tie for second place with probably Kansas State, someone else, maybe Oklahoma State. You know, they win out and it. Like, again, no division, so the top two will play for that Big 12 championship. You know, Al, maybe you may, might see a rematch in in Dallas of, of, of this game, Texas and TCU. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 like the, I like the points. I'm going to think they're, they're going to be the gift that's keep on giving this this coming week i hope anyway you know but uh, you know i you know well, we'll again see. even if we're wrong on this one one of us is going to win one of us is going to lose <laughs> we've brought tcu more attention with this program oh, than anybody else because we've been right if you haven't made money following yeah. our advice on tcu and prior to last week on tennessee shame on you because it's been free listen you want to get the best bet that rick is going to have for saturday plus all the best bets of all the handicappers over at the sportsadvisors.com do it i can't force you to go do it but listen if you don't do it you're a fool because it's free there ain't nothing better than free it's the one day free all access pass over at the sportsadvisors.com the only way you lose is if you don't take advantage of this free offer you choose today that you want to take advantage of it as well so check it out. And by the way, if you have not yet subscribed to the channel, do so. You just click that little button down here that you've seen flashed on your screen for the last 38 minutes or so. Uh, that way you can make sure that you never miss an episode here of our college show. And of course, we'll be through or with you throughout the bowl season. And for the NFL preview show that I do with Steve Budin, which is usually available every Wednesday afternoon. Again, just subscribe down there in the bottom corner. Well, that'll do it for Rick Torino. I am Alpha Marco, and we will catch you next week as this college football season keeps winding down. Good luck, everybody.